0: Fall is finally here, and that means we are on the cusp of entering the heart of spooky season. With this being the most ghoulish time of year, we wanted to revisit one of our favorite episodes of the John Cash from the past year when the gang took a trip to suburban Philadelphia to go ghost hunting. So enjoy this visit back to Graham Park as we continue to work on some new stories we plan to bring your way in the coming weeks. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. John Levy's looking for something. I don't care if you're a skeptic.
1: I would I would rather you try to debate me because it's somewhere during the course of this thing, you're not going to have an answer. <laughs> What's he looking for? I'm an investigator by trade. Yeah. So, you know, I feel this may have been a calling for me, being a paranormal investigator. John's full-time
0: gig is a Philadelphia cop. He's been in the line of duty for nearly 25 years. But off the clock, when he's not trying to solve crimes, he's on the pursuit for something else. What's the difference between catching criminals and catching ghosts or spirits? It's a cat and mouse game. <laughs> you know, sometimes the
1: criminal eludes you and sometimes the ghost eludes you.
0: Why are we so obsessed with trying to explain the unexplainable or asking questions that might not have an answer? This is the Johncast, a podcast about interesting and unexpected stories from Philadelphia. I'm Brian Seltzer. Today, we're going on a ghost hunt.
2: Pack your lunch, Ollie. Just an apple. You pack your lunch, Brian. Always a brown bag, man. Gonna starve. I didn't bring anything.
0: It's the final day of summer in Philadelphia, and there's nothing spooky about it. It's gorgeous out, sunny, 75 degrees, and I'm getting ready to go on a field trip with a couple of my colleagues at KYW News Radio. Reporter John McDevitt and our senior visual producer Holly Stevens. Today's mission. We're going to hunt for a ghost, or some other kind of supernatural spirit.
2: Look at all the space you have back there. Yeah. John, where are we going to? Uh, we're going to Horsham. We're going to Grand Park, right? And um, we're going on a ghost hunt. How many times have you said that in your life? A lot of paranormal enthusiasts believe that this is one of the most haunted places in all of Pennsylvania.
0: Tremendous. Tremendous. I think maybe we should establish this for the record while we sit in the John Cassmobile on the corner of 23rd and Market. I'm an open-minded person. I will say that I've yet to experience any type of paranormal activity or sensations in my life.
2: We're going to meet this guy, John Levy, who uh, leads up this paranormal group. It's called Old City Paranormal, and he's going to have gadgets for us to, uh, to, to go along with, uh, you know, in this investigation. Do you believe, Holly, have you ever had
0: any experience with a paranormal?
2: I definitely have, and I'm terrified of ghosts, but since it's almost Halloween, you know, I'm trying to branch out a little bit and overcome some fears while doing the story. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> All righty, let's head north. The drive to Horsham is about 50 minutes away from Center City. I'm behind the wheel of our company car, a dark gray SUV, John McDevitt's riding shotgun, Holly's in the back seat. John's a reporter at KYW News Radio, and he's done lots of stories about ghosts over the years, from Eastern State Penitentiary in Fairmount to Fort Mifflin down by the airport, a bunch of spots in the suburbs like New Hope. So, John, when did you first start covering... Paranormal activity. How did you get into this?
2: I always believed in the paranormal things when I was a kid. I I experienced. It's just it's exciting. Like it's like almost an adventure. Like like you know. Will we ever find that answer? Is there something more than this life that we live? And you know you think about.
0: It's almost eleven o'clock in the morning. The time that we're supposed to meet up with John Levy. We're getting closer and closer to Graham Park. I won't give you too much, but people, it's
2: documented, people have died on this property. And some strange stories are attached to it. I'll just leave you with that. Wee-hee, we're here. Yeah, we're here. Do you feel it?
0: <laughs> First impression, driving in down a single-lane driveway, Graham Park is really nice, and on a sunny day like this, it shines. The park is tucked away on a quiet 42-acre nook off busy County Line Road next to a giant cornfield. The park's got a pond, a tiny waterfall, an old barn, some sculptures, and an early 18th century colonial mansion that's supposedly haunted. Now, John Levy's already in the parking lot. He's there with his wife Amanda, who, like him, is both a police officer and a paranormal investigator. Their dog, and Beth McCausland. She's the president of the Friends of Graham Park Group. Hi, Beth. Hi. Nice Hi. to meet hey, you. How are you? Great to meet you. Come Thanks on. What are you doing? Inside the trunk of John Levy's white SUV is a case full of ghost hunting gear. He shows it to me, John McDevitt, and Holly. What are we looking at here, John? What are we What are we looking
1: at? So. Uh, a lot of the, as people see on shows, you have the K2 meter, which is basically an electromagnetic field tester. This here is a modified K2. Here you have a uh, the thermal temperature reading. Uh, when you have paranormal activity happening, there's usually a fluctuation in, in temperature, okay? Uh, here is just your basic voice recorder, digital voice recorder.
2: Electronic voice phenomena.
1: That's correct. Obviously, spirits, um, when they communicate... Some, sometimes you can hear it with your ear. Sometimes, you can, majority time, you really can't. Um, and then, so you, you use your digital voice ca- or your digital voice uh, box here. And I mean, this is why we do what we do—to to investigate the paranormal.
0: How in the heck did John Levy, a police veteran of nearly 25 years, fall down a rabbit hole like this? He says his interest in paranormal activity was just beginning to take off. During the early 2000s, about 10 years after he graduated the Philadelphia Police Academy. So on the side, he formed a paranormal investigating group, Old City Paranormal. And here's the thing. He did it with fellow cops. What made you first start to get interested in pursuing and hunting and investigating paranormal activity?
1: Where I grew up, my mom still lives there. It bordered the district I patrolled in. And my mom would go down to Jersey Shore in the summertime. So I stopped over there. You know, to use the restroom. And uh, with nobody home, you know, I I had left the bathroom door open. And, uh, you know, at the corner of my eye, which my grandfather's room was the next room over, I had seen my grandfather walk across the room. It didn't startle me. Uh, I wasn't afraid. It was my grandfather. And uh, I called my mom. That struck my interest. And that's when I got my foot in the
0: door with the paranormal field. And who would have thought that John Levy would have found like-minded paranormal enthusiasts right under his nose in the Philadelphia Police Department? And remember, one of them is his wife, Amanda. John McDevitt and John Levy joke about what everyone says about a side gig at work.
2: You're a police officer. Yes.
0: And so you must
1: get razzed a lot. I do. I do. I do. A lot. Um, Not so much now because uh, when I was in patrol, that's where my career... Um, in the paranormal field, all started. Um, now I'm at police headquarters, where you and I run into each other a yeah. lot, and uh, I talk about it, but nobody really says too much about it. I do have some people that are into the paranormal, so they kind of really like to listen
0: to my stories. Yeah.
1: So, um, but again, here. And but
0: there, on this day, during our visit to Graham Park in Horsham, will John's expertise and experience in investigating paranormal activity be enough to find us a ghost? A spirit? Anything else? We'll find out on the other side. A Philadelphia dentist today was sentenced to 22 years in prison and
3: fined $100,000. This was just unbelievable. you did not understand the genius in Larry. Nobody was doing coke at this point. No one could believe that this highly educated, young, handsome man was this kingpin drug dealer.
4: This is Wolves Among Us,
1: the Larry Lavin story. A documentary podcast from C-13 Originals, the
4: Cadence 13 Studio. Listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the John Cast. I'm Brian Seltzer, and I'm on the hunt for ghosts at Graham Park in Horsham with my colleagues John McDevitt and Holly Stevens. Our guide for the day is a Philadelphia police officer, John Levy, and he's not there for our own protection. No, he's there because when he's not working, he investigates paranormal activity. John, when did you first hear about this place and that there perhaps was some activity going on here?
1: Um, probably around maybe like 2010, maybe 2011, and, and that's how we became involved with uh, Grand Park.
0: We're making our way towards the old uh, colonial Keith House, yeah, the I centerpiece don't, of <laughs> yeah, Grand Park. I don't know exactly. It's an old three-story Dutch colonial, probably around 3,000 square feet. Now remember, John Levy's wife, Amanda, has also made the trip to Grand Park. But she ain't going anywhere near the Keith House. Amanda tells me and John McDevitt that it was during one of John Levy's investigations at this very site, the Keith House, that she became a believer.
3: This is one of the, probably the first places um, we, I've been to a couple of places before this, but this was the place that I actually encountered something. So
2: you were a skeptic before or used still- Well,
3: yeah. I, I mean, I grew up in a haunted house, but I didn't kind of believe it. Like I, I just didn't want to see it, I guess. But you know, once I came here and, and my experience that was like, well, um, what could have caused that? You know, I tried to, I was always the, the debunker like i tried to like ah oh, maybe this this could have happened instead like a realist but uh, i th- i think there's definitely there's something going on here
2: what in particular what was the highlight what was the what was the you the know incident yeah
3: <laughs> it was well we were in the what bedroom was it yeah, keith room, keith room, in the keith room. and we were all it was pitch dark we had our recorder our recordings we were sitting Uh, in the room on the floor and next thing you know I hear what sounded like a metal ball rolling across the wooden floor and we all looked at each other and we were like what is that and then you hear boom like a like a like a drop and I'm like wait a minute that closet so I went over to try to open the closet and it was locked from the inside now this closet when we first got into that room was open And I looked in the closet. So there was nobody in the closet or anything like that. And we all sat down and the closet locked by itself from the inside. And then later on, when we were cleaning everything up, I went back up just to kind of check to see if the closet and it was unlocked.
4: That is, that is a true story. You're shaking your head over here. Yes, Yes. That that closet comes and goes as it wishes.
0: Along with me, John Levy, John McDevitt, and Holly Stevens, Beth McCausland is joining us as we head into the Keith House. She's the tiny, sharp, silver haired president of the Friends of Graham Park. Beth does the honors of opening the back door with this massive brass skeleton style key. It was probably about six or seven inches long. The sounds track so far. <laughs>
1: But also, <laughs> gonna, I want to give you a little a little brief uh, stint at, at, to this room. Um, when we did our investigation here, and I'm going to tell you guys some really stuff that's going to knock your socks off. This is where we had set up our, our headquarters. Basically, we had our night uh, vision cameras all throughout the, the building. This area was our central command. Prior to um, investigating, I, I went through... And I get my base reading, so that way, while we're doing the investigation, if there is any kind of fluctuation, we'll say, okay, well, maybe we got something going on here. I get up to the Keith room, the, the little boys' room, and I'm setting up the tripod, and I'm, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I can um, see that, yeah. <laughs> uh, I couldn't move. I was trying to walk out of the bedroom, and it felt like something like, clo- like cloaked me from behind, and... At the end of the investigation, I wasn't going back up there. (laughs) So I sent my wife up there, and I just hear her on one of the walkie-talkies saying, can somebody come up here and get me? I can't move. Wow. I had to go outside because I started to chuckle a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. But she had the same identical experience I did as she was walking, getting ready to walk out of the the little boy's room. She could not move. She was frozen. She felt like something was from, from behind her, and she could not
0: move. So she won't come back in the house now? She's outside. (laughs) How was it that Graham Park, and specifically the Keith House, got this spooky reputation? The legend has to do with Elizabeth Graham, a daughter of Thomas Graham, who the park's named after. After Elizabeth died in 1801, one of her friends, Liza Stedman, now remember that name, wrote in a diary that while she was on the stairway leading to the third floor of the Keith House, a cold rush of air came over her body. So keep that in mind. Now listen to what happens when John Levy, the paranormal investigator, walks me and John McDevitt through that very same part of the house and shows us what's going on with his electromagnetic equipment on the stairway that leads from the second to the third floor.
1: And uh, up top, you have the uh, the digital temperature of the room,
2: which is now at 82. And if it changes, when should we be aware? Like, what, what is so, the... Like, you mean right there where that...
1: Well, that could be your phone. It could be. Maybe. I don't know.
2: All right, so we just, what did it just do? So we just had some kind of a reading.
1: Um, sometimes you do get uh, false positives, which could be caused by, you know, other things. But as you can see, I just went around to everybody's equipment, and we got
0: nothing. So, I don't know. Keeps going off. Then, Beth McCausland jumps in. She's the president of the Friends of Grand Park. If you remember,
4: I mentioned that Liza Stedman, Elizabeth's friend, was on the steps when she felt the cold whoosh go by her. Oh, right so after we Elizabeth. are at
2: that spot, uh, according are. to the diary. We are. And this meter just went off at the spot where they uh, were... It did. You heard it. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> okay, let's get off these
4: steps. <laughs> Sarah, we we
0: the fact that wrong. John Levy's K2 reader briefly went off might not seem like it's that big of a deal. But for a paranormal investigator like him, it is. Why? Because it's a sign of something, maybe evidence of paranormal activity. And who knows, when put in a certain context, that evidence could represent a ghost, a spirit, a message.
1: By the way, I'm still yeah,
0: reading.
3: Really?
1: And, it, and the temperature did drop one degree already.
2: Really? And we're going up. And
1: we're going up. And heat rises. Yeah. So, this, this is the Keith room, I call it, the, the child's room. And over here, straight ahead, as you can see, the closet's open. So, you
0: guys mind if I set this down?
1: Yeah, Come please. Up, please. See if do. we get, uh, get any readings from you know, afar.
0: Inside the Keith room on the third floor where John Levy and his wife Amanda both experienced unexplained paralysis during one of their investigations, I talked to John Moore about the different types of spirits he thinks might be out there in the world. What sort of environment or circumstances do you think brings a spirit out? Does it always vary? Does it depend? Does it differ? Like, what's the type of atmosphere that perhaps conjures the presence of a spirit? So, you have two different kinds of haunts. You have
1: a residual haunt, which something that's going to continually happen at the same time pretty much every day, then you have an intelligent haunt, which I do believe happens here in, in Grand Park. It's not going to happen every single time. Um, it's just, that's just the way it goes.
0: At this point, I'm starting to get the impression that if there is a spirit in the Keith house, it's probably got to be an intelligent haunt because I'm not getting the vibes that I'm going to see or experience anything today that's going to keep me up at night. But you never know. Case in point, Beth McCausland, the president of the Friends of Graham Park. She's got plenty of stories from over the years of things she can't explain. She started volunteering at the park in the late 1990s. After all this time, does the paranormal ever become normal to you?
4: I, yeah, I guess I guess it does. Well, When we go to set the alarm at night and it doesn't set because there's movement in Dr. Graham's office or there's movement in parlor... And it's long been locked. Yeah, it becomes normal. And we literally open the door and say, good night, everyone, and shut the door again. And we can set the alarm. But Do they listen? Sometimes. (laughs) Behave. I know. But it's hard to say if it becomes normal. It still scares the pants off me half the time. So, I don't know.
0: Whether or not you believe in ghosts, you should believe this. If it hadn't been for John Levy and his investigating group, Old City Paranormal, who knows if Graham Park would still be around today? Back in the early 2000s, during the recession, the park lost its staffing and funding due to state budget cuts. But one of John's fellow investigators had an idea. Why not let Old City Paranormal host ghost tours and investigations of the Keith House for the public? That way, they could raise money from ticket sales to put back towards the park.
4: We needed money to keep going. The paranormal investigations brought in the biggest chunk of money at one time. It was like a windfall for us. So it did really help us, yes.
0: The tours have raised about $37,000 over the years and continue to this day in 2022 when Graham Park is celebrating its 300th anniversary.
1: I I was was able to get us uh, you know, such an amazing place. Yeah.
0: So did, did you feel anything while we were here today? Uh, did you think yeah, there was still
1: Look, I mean, you can see my my hair is, my hair is on end here. I mean, it's... it's so the that, whole that could, could be a hair. sign. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: By now, we've been at Grand Park for about an hour, and John Levy has to get back to Philly soon for his shift. He and I begin making our way downstairs from the third floor.
1: I, I, that's why we do what we do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Before John goes, there's one question I've got to ask him. It's... The big question. Why do you think we want to find the answer to the ultimate question? What happens when we're done with our quote-unquote time here on Earth? Why do we want to believe? What drives people? What drives people like you to pursue these answers and find this type of evidence?
1: You know, honestly, um, it just keeps going. There's no conclusion when it comes to the paranormal. You know, just like today's world, everything's evolving. Everything's changing. Everything's changing. And, you know, every day uh, they're coming out with new equipment. So maybe there's going to be something better down the
0: road that will be able to connect us to the other side. You think we'll ever get a true definitive answer? Yes or no?
1: That's the question to be renamed.
0: (laughs) A few moments later, Beth McCausland is locking up the Keith House. saying her customary goodbye.
4: Good night, Elizabeth.
0: And we all get back in our cars and drive away with lots to think about. So am I now a believer in ghosts? That's what John McDevitt, Holly Stevens, and I are talking about on our drive back into Center City. I don't know if I'm leaving here any more of a believer than I was before when we got here, but my curiosity is getting going. I want to learn more about this stuff. I almost want to go on more ghost hunts. So I, can, I want to find the evidence. <laughs> I want to have one of those experiences where it makes me say definitively, yes. Yeah. How about you, Holly?
2: I mean, I came into this pretty scared and I left scared, but I guess I've accepted the fact that I'm scared. And I'm with you, Brian. I think it'll be kind of fun to do some more ghost hunting stuff, especially with Halloween approaching. There's a lot of spooky stuff to do in PA. So, for me, I've been on a lot of these type of things, and everyone is every each of them are are different in their own way. But what is common is it's a link to the past, and you know, and, and one day, you know, we will be. In the past, and I also like to hear about the technology of or trying to uh, put science and technology into something that isn't visible. <laughs> it makes me go, Wow, maybe we'll find the answer one day.
0: The John Cast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast and is made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickard. Sabrina Void Circa, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, and me, Brian Seltzer. Special thanks to John Levy, his wife Amanda, and Beth McCauslin, the president of Friends of Graham Park, and also to my colleagues at KYW News Radio, John McDevitt and Holly Stevens, for going on this journey with me. If you want to find out more about Grand Park and everything it's got going on during spooky season, check the link in our show notes. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at theJonCast and subscribe to the pod wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's free on the Odyssey app or anywhere else. We'll talk to you next week.